Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight and your real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives. Welcome to another episode of Keep It 100. This is your boy, Sean. Hey, everyone. It's Krista here. It's Krista. We are, as always, we are super amped to bring yes. you this podcast. Your our last podcast. Uh, you guys have gotten us to some numbers that were really exciting for us. It just encourages us. So we're back at it, coming at you today. And we are just in a season where we're kind of coming right out of something big. But we want to share with you the recap of our Healing and Deliverance Masterclass. We just had this in the Bay Area, specifically Oakland, California, July 28th and 29th. Krista and I, uh, we spoke and ministered there. We also brought in great friends of ours, Joanne Moody and Jeremy Nelson, and it was amazing. Oh, it was so good. I love Joanne. I love Jeremy. Both of them just brought such great, inspiring teachings, profound teachings, and then a lot of practicals. And I love that because I feel like every single person brought practicals where people walk walked away equipped. And that's really what we kept telling people. We're like, we're going to equip you to pray for people for healing. We're going to equip you to pray for deliverance. And I really feel like people got that personally, but then they also walked away on how to pray for other people with that. There were so many great testimonies yeah. to your point of people that got free. Night yes. one, you and I did back-to-back sessions. And then we went into what we call the Holy Ghost after party. We basically ministered. A lot of people got free, got yeah. delivered. Uh, you went after the stronghold of fear and anxiety. Yep. And that really resonated a lot yes. of people got free. Yes. We went after some some other things just of, you know, of, of the nature of, of uh, people walking in purity and mm-hmm. there were people that got free of that. It was awesome and amazing. And then we came out the next morning and Joanna gave us back-to-back real practicals on how to pray for the sick. Yeah. So many people uh, pray for the sick. They don't get the results they want, but she gave some great stories, great uh, testimonies and uh, really helped people even get some words and knowledge as it relates to healing for the first time. Then I came back in the afternoon session and took everyone into a deliverance. You know, how does deliverance take place? And just brought you in a session, practicals. And then Jeremy brought us home with just some powerful stuff as it relates to generational curses and then the spirit of Python. But we're getting so many testimonies. We had over several hundred people come in person. We had a large number who streamed it online, but we're getting a lot of testimonies too, right? You know what's really cool? I had gone through um, some teachings about how to walk in freedom of like past trauma, um, some uh, real processes and practicals on how to uh, break off uh, previous sexual encounters and sexual partners. Uh, We'll be touching on that a little bit today. And I gave them some practicals on how to do that. And a lot of people went home and did that. And what I love is people came back with testimonies that they literally felt like as they were praying those prayers of breaking, you know, breaking off things from the past and breaking agreement, they literally experienced that weight coming off of them. Uh, Some of them felt like they felt like their, their brain was clear, their head was clear, their thoughts were more clear. They felt like they looked different when they looked in the mirror. They felt a lighting and a lifting off of their heart and their spirit and their emotions. Some say they like cried. Uh, they felt real breakthrough. Um, some said they no longer are having those images or those fantasies. Um, and so what's really exciting is when you really begin to see the people walk in freedom. Oh my gosh, that gets them excited because anytime you experience freedom from Jesus, it's what you want to give away. And that's what I love is like, this is the stuff where we're like, 
We know so many people that are walking with, you know, barriers in their life. And if we can help them walk in freedom, uh, this is the stuff we want to give away to people, right? In a world that has so much bondage, this is exciting. And so I just love seeing the excitement and hearing the excitement of this. And so, you know, we received messages on social media, um, texts, shout outs on different things and people just saying, oh my gosh, I feel really changed by this. And that, that that's everything. If we did it for one, it's worth it, right? Honestly. And I think a scripture right now, and I'm sure you're going to hit it later, that I think about that. And I think the reason why people were helped is obviously 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. And it, it's battlefield jargon. You yeah. get the impression that our, you know, our, our, our mind is this place that there can be a battlefield. And yeah. certain thoughts could be like uh, soldiers, you know, or, or enemies, I should say, that, that we're the soldiers, but certain thoughts could be like enemies. And so it was so cool to hear people talk about that. And so we also want to let you guys know, this is, here we go, big announcement. So I'm going to slow down, imaginary drum roll. Right <laughs> now, as this podcast is coming out, you can order these sessions online on our website, seanandkristasmith.com. And each of the sessions uh, are going to be available for purchase. And so even if you missed it, or maybe you made it and you want to be able to go back over it, uh, we will have that available to you as, as well as there will be study notes. Yeah, We gave it the conference study notes, about 60 pages of study notes. So many people were saying, hey, we're going to take this back to our church. We're going to start our deliverance meetings. We're going to take this back to our church. Love it. We're going to start praying for the sick in our, in our uh, noontime prayer meeting or whatever. So you guys check out right now and you can go get those and uh, they will be available for you and you'll be blessed. Also, we want to let you guys know we got a couple things coming up and September 1st and 2nd, we're going to be on the East Coast. Come on, East Coast, Feast Coast. Come we're on. going to be there for the prophetic masterclass. Many of you can remember we did one on the West Coast, but we're doing now one on the East Coast in Bowie, Maryland, just outside of Washington, D.C. Krista will be speaking. I will be speaking as well as we're going to have Julian Adams back, but we're super excited about taking this to the East Coast. You know, we really recognize this is the hour that we're in in training and equipping the army of God. We have a harvest that's that's going to happen, right? We have a move of God that's taking place in our nation and there's a harvest that's coming in, but we need a people that are ready in the areas of healing, deliverance, and now in the prophetic. And so Sean and I are really committed. And I love this because Julian has very much the same heart. He's amazing. And the three of us are just committed to really see a church, you know, raised up in this hour, really confident in that prophetic gift. And I love that because when you get the prophetic culture integrated into a church, it literally breaks open such an area of freedom, of breakthrough, but also it releases destiny and purpose over people. That is probably one of the biggest things that the prophetic does is it releases purpose and it releases destiny. And with a generation that's so longing to know, why am I here on planet earth? And they get the word of the Lord over their life. It's life changing. So if you can, and if you are, if your schedule is busy right now, I'm going to be bold and say, clear out your schedule, rearrange your plans. Friends, you will not be disappointed. Get there on September 1st and 2nd and bring your group, bring a group of friends. I mean, honestly, we have pastors that are already coming that is bringing their core leadership. We have people that are bringing small groups. We have young adult ministries coming. We have people bringing their youth group. It is open to all ages, anyone. You know, we're really saying if you feel like you're, because we've had people say, can we bring our kids? If you feel like your kids are mature and can pay attention or going to, hey, we welcome them. We want everyone in, in the kingdom of God to get equipped in the area of prophetic. And here's what's cool. It's not just for seasoned prophetic people. It's for entry level. It's for intermediate and it's for seasoned. Literally, we have it, we have it um, really organized to where wherever your 
you're at in your prophetic journey, I promise you, you're going to get something out of it. You know, and it's super significant on many ways because right now the world is desperate to hear the authentic voice of God. And if we as a church, we're going to be reckoned with, and if we're going to become agents of influence and change as a transformative voice of this next generation, then we need to be tuned into what God has to tell us. And so do you find yourself struggling to hear the voice of God and get clarity, but you want it? Are you curious about the prophetic, want to be empowered to flow in the gift? Do you desire to have deeper access to the thoughts of God and long to impact other people's lives? If you answered yes to any of these questions, this is the event you've been waiting for. Prophetic Masterclass, two-day intensive. There will be activation September 1st and 2nd. Again, you can go register right now at seanandkristasmith.com. We're super excited. And then for West Coast people, but what do we got for okay, them? Okay, in August, because we try to do something every single month in the Bay Area, because we're really believing for a move of God in the Bay, and we begin to see the beginnings of it. I mean, I'm literally in awe every time we gather of God's presence. It's beautiful. August 25th, it's a Friday night. It's just a few weeks out at Sequoia Community Church. It's where we've been having our momentum nights. We're going to have our August momentum night. And what's so beautiful is we're having a special worship leader, a special guest. Yep. Heath King. He is a spiritual son uh, to Eddie James. This guy, oh my goodness. He's the real deal, you guys. This dude is the truth. He will lead us. And we're going to have a worship and flow night. Yes. So although we will probably give maybe a brief altar call uh, for people to come to Jesus, we're going to let him worship. It's going to be a night of worship. So we're going to go deep, cut him loose. And then Christy and I, we're going to get up and just flow prophetically, flow in the spirit. We're going to continually go down the veins of seeing people get uh, free, people getting filled, people getting healed, people getting imparted to. So August 25th, it is free. You do not have to register for this. Show up. We got people that fly in for these nights yep. because they're that profound. Feel free to fly in and then all over NorCal, come on down. All That's our right. Reading peeps, y'all come down. LA folks, drive up Central California, San Joaquin Valley, SAC, and of course the Bay. Come on in. It is going to be an amazing time. It really is. And for those that need a fresh encounter, come. For those that are in a hard place, come. For those that need healing and breakthrough, come. I tell you what, God is going to be in the room. And I always know that whenever God's in the room, anything is possible. And so like Sean said, it's a worship night. It's a Holy Ghost night. It's a spirit-led ministry night. So friends, come. Bring your friends. Bring people that need a fresh encounter. Uh, We're just believing it's going to be a night of just marking, and it's going to be a night of breakthrough. So we're excited. But you know what else I'm excited about? I'm excited to dive into this podcast. Let's do this. Let's do it. Hey, and so what we're doing on this podcast is we understand this. Before you can have freedom as a lifestyle, before you can get freedom in your lifestyle, you must first get freedom in your head. And so Krista (laughs) did her second session on this. She's going to give you a bit of a teaser, but a little bit more than that, because we really want to help those that are are part of the Keep It 100 tribe. And so I'm just going to start. I'm kind of going to talk to her interview style, but at the same time, I'm going to be throwing in some stuff, just kind of letting you know where we're going. So anyway, one of the topics that you hit, or actually it was a trio of topics that you hit that got a lot of acclaim. A lot of people were talking about it. A lot of people were impacted by it. I mean, I kept hearing, oh man, Krista, when she said something in this area, man, when she says something like this, you talked about three areas that really formed the main battlefield for us as a, this generation. What are those three things? Yeah. And could you describe them? Absolutely. And if it's okay, I'll back up just a little bit because I want people to understand that what I'm going to talk to talk to you about uh, really it comes down to strongholds. And I'm going to be talking about root systems that the enemy creates in our lives that create a stronghold. And just for a simple definition, just so you're tracking, a stronghold is a mindset. We have 
have to understand stronghold is a mindset that is contrary to God's word. And you find that scriptural reference and where I'm creating that definition out of is out of 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. And so we have to understand that strongholds actually form in our minds um, in a few different ways. We might talk about that in a little bit, but really what what I love you're asking me about, Sean, is um, the area of kind of the root system of strongholds that we discover in our life, right? And one of those areas is a soul tie. And that might be new verbiage to people. But again, I want to define what is a soul tie, just so our listeners really understand what I'm talking about. And a soul tie is an attachment of our soul to a person or an object, both thoughts and feelings, which is your mind and your emotions, and the choices of our will. And we have to understand we have good soul ties, right? You have, those are godly soul ties, and they're based on God's covenant. And those are good. Uh, Simple ones would be like your spouse, your family, your friends, uh, godly leaders that are good and healthy. And of course, God himself, you have godly soul ties in your life. Those are awesome. But the demonic root systems that we can see in the area of soul ties in our lives are destructive soul ties. And destructive soul ties can look like sexual immorality. Uh, It can also look like adultery. It can look like the worship of false gods. It can look like rape. It can look like images and pornography. And we have to understand that uh, soul ties, physical sexual soul ties are not just what we've done physically, but it's also what we've allowed our eyes to see, right? And it's what the images, what images uh, we've been exposed to. And some people are exposed to things against their will, uh, but it can actually still create a stronghold because it's images that they've seen. So we have to understand that when you break a soul tie, uh, you break those connections, whether it's in your, your mind, right? When you're having a cleansing of your mind, a cleansing of your imagination, you're breaking soul ties, or it's a soul tie that you've done with your body. And some of those have been done by your choice. And some of those have been done against your will, but we have to understand it still creates a soul tie and a soul tie. If you want to create kind of a picture, and I hope I can do this justice. um, You have to imagine that the average American has 10 to 11 sexual partners within their life. Think about that. So that can be higher for some people that can be a lot lower for some people. But what we have to understand is a lot of people have had multiple, multiple sexual partners. They get saved. They're authentic in their salvation. They come to Jesus and they are so sincere. They meet another godly person. They're going to get married. And we're looking at them, Sean. We know this. We've, you know, we've walked life with a lot of people. You've done student ministry for years. I ran schools of ministry. We've walked journeys with people in their process of what it is to follow Jesus. And they find themselves constantly tripping up or sabotaging relationships or having images constantly flashing in their mind or intrusive thoughts. And they're like, this isn't me. I don't know where this is coming from or why I feel so much shame or why I feel like I can't walk in purity or why I keep tripping up sexually. And often it comes down to, well, have you broken soul ties? Because we have to understand that until you clean house, you're carrying that baggage with you, right? And so a really good illustration of that is you just got to imagine like locked arms, right? So just imagine a soul tie. Every time you have a sexual interaction with someone uh, that is out of covenant, I'm talking about an ungodly sexual interaction, uh, you're like, if you link arms with them, imagine linking arms with 10, 11 people or how many partners maybe you've had in your life. And until that is broken, that stronghold, that soul tie is broken, you're literally carrying that around. And so Sean, I'd love to hear your viewpoint on kind of the destructiveness of an unbroken soul tie. You know, I think it's what you're talking about is so like now, that is a now word. But how many times maybe listeners that you have said, or you're aware of people of uh, of people like, why do you keep going back to that guy? Why do you keep going back to that girl? They don't treat you right. 
or how come you're obsessing over them and it's been nine months since you broke up or whatever. These are evidences of soul ties. That's you hear good. people say, I just can't get over. I've seen people literally their lives fall apart and they just, from that point on, if they can't get back the person they've had a soul tie with, then it's almost like they're drawn to someone yes. that treats them the same way so or true. reinforces what that other person said about them. And it doesn't make sense. It's not logical. And I think it's because it isn't rational. It's transrational. It is a soul tie. And so what I'm I'm seeing, there's a lot of people that say, hey, I need to get free of these people. Like we, mm-hmm. we think of, and obviously we're going to talk about strongholds and that's probably uh, obviously something that, that it's a more of an interaction of the demonic, which is not to say soul ties aren't demonic, but soul ties more often than not, it seems like it draws you to a person and the enemy piggybacks that. And I thought it was interesting too, you said, I know a lot of people that uh, like people they've never met before, whether that's celebrities or people that obsess over folks online, or like you said, pornography, is that people can be bound to people and those people are real to them, although all they've ever seen is a digital Mm -hmm. or cinematic visualization of them. But the soul tie is real and and it gives you that real feel. And so you feel like the word says, soul tie, you feel tied up. Mm -hmm. And so there's such a need for you to get untied when you're tied up in that kind of situation. It's so true because we all know the person that that is attracted to the broken person, right? We all know the person that's in a repeated cycle. Like growing up, there was always my friend that was always attracted to the bad boy and he would treat her terrible. He'd treat her awful. They'd have a sexual encounter and she kept repeating that cycle over and over. Well, that is a soul tie in action, right? So when you're in a constant cycle of destructive self-sabotage behavior and you can't get out of it, even though you know in your head it's not healthy, it's not right, but you're still making that choice, it's because there's a soul tie there. There's a stronghold in that area of your life that needs to be broken. And so there might be some of you that are listening today and the Keep It 100 Tribe and a light bulb's going off, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, that's why I'm in this cycle. Absolutely. Um, I just want to tell you with the blood of Jesus, that soul tie can be broken. That's the cool thing. You don't have to live underneath that. What Jesus did on the cross is enough to break every single soul tie. And I want you to know, I've prayed with people that have had many, many partners, um, you know, uh, lots of sexual um, uh, interactions. And it's like, I want you to know there is no soul tie that cannot be broken with the blood of Jesus. No matter what you've done in your past, no matter how dark it has gone, no matter how many sexual partners you've had, when you call in the name of Jesus and you go through the process of breaking soul ties in your life, the blood of Jesus is enough. You know, it's so true because even when the Israelites, because I always think about, are there types of this in the Bible in the Old Testament? It's absolutely types of that. Like uh, when one of sons raped Tamar, says his soul was knit to her. And so he just really, and then he turned on her. There was times when the Israelites were going into the promised land and God says that if you look upon their idols, they're going to become thorns in your sides. And I think one translation says like pricks in your eyes. In other words, it's going to fasten itself to you visually Mm. and it's literally going to vex you. And so we just see that over and over again. And it's so cool because what you covered, and obviously we probably won't be able to get into this right here in this particular podcast, but it's available on the online. You gave specific prayers to break soul ties, which I think is super awesome because there really is freedom. And there, some of you are still in mourning right now and you just need to get over it. Now, when I say that, I'm not saying that in an unsympathetic way. I'm saying it in a sense of calling you to freedom. You got to get over that. You got to get on with your destiny. You got to get on with, man, the people you're called to help and and the activity that God ordained for you in the earth and the good works he's called you to. So you can't be stuck 
in that. And God just wants to get you to this next place where you're not tied to the things that pull you down, but you have the yoke. You know, the opposite of a soul tie in the spirit is a yoke. And obviously a yoke would put oxen together, but the Bible says that we're yoked to Jesus. So we want the yoke, not the soul tie, the godly yoke that Jesus brings. I love that. And for any person that's engaged right now and uh, wanting to step into marriage or you're in a marriage and intimacy has been difficult for you, I just want to encourage you go through the process, um, really get those prayers and take time. I kind of, I kind of explain how to how the entire process. I explain it, I listen to my session, I go through the prayers. I tell you what, I have had so many powerful testimonies of people's uh, intimate life within their marriage changing, um, them experiencing really beautiful intimacy, them experiencing freedom, shame coming off, um, images that were incredibly intrusive from things they were exposed to, even against their will, those things leaving, they had them, they had no recall of those things. There is freedom that's available through the blood of Jesus, but we have to go through the process of breaking agreement with those things that we've allowed into our life. Even if it gets your will, you've been exposed to it. Maybe that's a more a conducive word for you. You've been exposed to it. We've got to break the stronghold. We've got to break that access point that has been given in your life because when you break access, you then access freedom. Ooh, so good. You know, along with soul ties, you also hit, I, I kind of think there were a trio of things you hit that were really powerful. Another one of the ones that you spoke of a lot of people really was, was giving testimonies is you talked about false belief systems. Yeah. Can you break that down for us? Absolutely. You know, false belief systems, and I think we have to really understand a false belief system is not the knowledge you have, but the false belief system is actually what you believe, right? Mm. So I think we have to like pull those two apart for people to really understand what, what I'm going after, because you can have the knowledge, like a good, we all have the knowledge. If we go, okay, what does the Bible say? The Bible says that Jesus is my deliverer. He's my healer. You know, that God is faithful. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's my provider. He'll never leave me or forsake me. We know that we have the knowledge of it with the word of God says it. We might even profess it. We might sing about it. We might, you know, say, say we know, say we believe that's true, but we have to understand. But if you actually believe, do you believe that? Because if you don't actually believe that he's your deliverer, right? If you don't actually believe he's your healer. And so anything that is a false belief system is opposing God's truth. So that's then considered an ungodly belief system. So we have godly belief systems and we have ungodly. So if I just said the previous things on godly, that he's your deliverer, he's your healer, he's faithful, all the things I just said, he's your provider, he'll never leave you or forsake you. If you have ungodly belief systems, then you're believing, well, he doesn't heal me though. He's not going to deliver me. He might heal and deliver others, but that doesn't apply to me. Or he's not going to come through. He's not going to provide. I'm not going to have enough. He is going to leave me. I am going to be alone. I'm not okay. I'm not safe, et cetera, et cetera. So the difference between this is you can have knowledge, but that doesn't mean you believe in your heart. So if you actually don't believe in the goodness of God, in the faithfulness of God, in that God is who he says he is, you've believed a lie somewhere along the way. And a stronghold in your life, a root system, remember we're talking about demonic root systems in your life, a root system is where you've believed a lie. And that lie becomes a stronghold, right? So if it creates a new belief system, you actually have to tear that down. You know, I think that's so profound what you're saying about false belief systems, because I believe that you know, we have false beliefs in the, in terms of that. Some of that relates to you. You see yourself is not worthy. You see yourself as a servant rather than a child of God. But I, I would say that maybe some of the most destructive is the false belief 
belief systems that you're talking about, God. I think it was A.W. Tozer says, uh, whatever it is that comes to mind when you think about God is the most important thing about an individual. Mm-hmm. And I, I think of how often sometimes, you know, even people that preach sermons can be guilty of this, of presenting an emotionally distant God that you just have to make sure you check all the boxes. You do the do's, don't do the don'ts. And it's kind of more about this behavior improvement, but they lead us away from relationship. And I was thinking about what Jesus did when he spoke to the woman at the well in John 4. He said, true worshipers worship God in spirit Mm -hmm. and in truth. So truth is what is true about God. And we were talking about this earlier in Matthew 25. It's the parable of the talents. One dude got like five talents and he went and, you know, used those talents and brought increase and got, got dividends paid. And so when the master came back, he was pleased with him, gave him more. And there was one dude that was given one talent and uh, he came back and the, the guy, as an excuse, he buried his talent. So here's the parable of the talents. The master symbolizes Father God. The guy says, I knew you were a harsh or hard and exacting master. So I was afraid I went and hid the talents. And obviously the master rebuked him. But I thought that is a classic example in Bible of unhealthy view of God. If you think God is hard, you think God, if the enemy can get a false belief system that God wasn't there for you when you lost your mom or you went through that emotional breakup, when that disease hit this person, you lost your job, you got an accident. The enemy can get a false belief system instead of flourishing in the kingdom like this dude should have did. The dude dude had one bag, but I'm like, hey man, multiply that bag. That that ought to be a phrase. Multiply your bag. (laughs) He went and hit it. That a false belief system can keep you from flourishing in the kingdom. It can keep you from getting on with your destiny. Mm, It can keep you, most importantly, of drawing near to God because the number one priority of God and the number one priority of us is relationship. And this dude thought God was an unreasonable master. He was afraid. And what was obvious, he didn't trust him. He didn't think the master was fair. So he wasn't motivated to do anything for the master. It wasn't a positive relationship. And this was all based on a false belief. What are some, even if you're listening right now, what are some false beliefs? And I love the way Krista said, it's not about knowledge. It's your go-to of what you adhere to, maybe in a crisis, maybe in a time and I'm in a tough place, those things you believe about God. And if you're believing and have an unhealthy view of God, it can get you to question stuff that God has already made apparent. And it really isn't him. Like the enemy paints a caricature of God and gets you offended with that caricature. And and an argument is called a straw man's argument of a, a person that will make up what you're saying. You're not really saying it to assassinate and argue it against it. It happens all the time in modern debate is the straw man's argument. The devil's trying to get a straw man's argument against Jesus. Don't fall for that. You know, I love what you're talking about because we have to understand that strongholds develop in our lives. And if we don't deal with them, it's what you're talking about. It will literally rob us. And the enemy loves to steal from us, right? He is the thief, right? He's always looking to who he can devour and he wants to devour your destiny. He wants to devour your purpose. And we have to understand when we're talking about strongholds, I want us to really understand scripture tells us how strongholds form in our minds. And some of you might be wondering, okay, you guys are talking about soul ties. You're talking about false belief systems. Sean, Krista, I hear you. But how does that actually happen in my life? I kind of want to break this down if that's okay. Uh, The enemy, it begins by the enemy first telling you a lie. And a lie is anything that contradicts God's word, right? But we have to understand a lie is just a lie until it's believed. Catch that. A lie is just a lie until it's believed. And once a lie is believed, then it becomes deception. And that deception becomes a mindset.
mindset through which all of our thoughts are actually processed. And then that deception, if not dealt with, then leads to feelings and those feelings lead to actions. Those actions become habits and those habits become cycles. And that's what Sean's talking about is that guy, uh, you know, the parable really showed us a man who had a cycle of not believing that God was good, right? That he wouldn't provide. And so most believers, we can relate to that guy in the parable, right? He's relatable to us because most believers try to address habits, right? We try to address the symptoms in our life, but we never address the deception that caused the habits, right? We never address actually the root system of the stronghold. We dress the symptoms that we see in our life. We dress like, well, I'm afraid of this person. So I'm going to try to like push through and connect with them and be open for relationship, or I'm going to try to be vulnerable and actually let people really get to know me. But you're actually have to go after the root system of abandonment in your life, right? Because otherwise you're going to keep hitting those same old cycles with people in your life until you actually deal with the root system. And we have to understand that because people may not address habits that actually cause the stronghold, you can fix things for a day, a week, maybe a month. That's good. But it's not going to be permanently, you're not going to walk in permanent freedom until you actually deal with the root system of your stronghold. That guy that Sean's talking about in the parable is never going to walk in the fullness of what God has for him until he deals with the false belief system. That is so good. And that really moved us to the third point of what I was going to talk about. I wanted to ask you about soul ties, false belief systems, and strongholds. How do strongholds develop in our lives? Can you speak to that? I know that you had talked a little bit about footholds. You know, the Bible says, do not give the devil a foothold. And you kind of made this point, footholds become strongholds. And so what what are some, I guess what I'm asking, what are some of the common footholds that can become strongholds in our mind? You know, you can really discover footholds in your life and then becoming strongholds when you kind of see some cycles. Some of the common cycles that we can observe in our lives or maybe in the lives of those that we love or those that we're ministering to, you know, generational curses, those are familiar things in your family line that just feel really normal, but they're actually not sanctified. They're not godly. They don't line up with the word of God. Um, That can be in a lot of different ways. You know, that could be like that anger or that rage or those different things. You're like, oh, that's just in my family line. But you have to understand like that isn't what God has for you. That could be the depression from your grandma to your mom, to your auntie, to you, but that's actually not God's highest for you, right? That is a foothold that's now become a generational curse, which is now a stronghold. Other ways, which I kind of talked about is sexual sin, right? Um, I won't take too much time on that, but it's like anything that's been ungodly, that's been defiling, whether it's in your imagination or in your physical body, again, soul ties, sexual sin, those can become footholds that ultimately can become a stronghold if they're not dealt with. Other ways we can actually see is like willful, intentional, rebellious living. Hey, say that, say that. So you're casual in your lifestyle. You're allowing repeated intentional compromise and that foothold, what starts, what starts as you go into the club or the party and a little bit of hookup here, a little bit of drinking here, a little bit of partying there. In time, you you get an appetite for that, right? Because whatever you feed yourself is what you're going to crave. And that's true in the natural and that's certainly true in the spirit. And so that little foothold can absolutely become a stronghold of lust, of self-sabotage, self-hatred, all those things. You know, to that point, you know, the one of the things I, I talked about too, and you really highlighted it and elaborated on it, is the devil is a legalist. So he's looking for an opening. So these footholds you're describing are openings in which the enemy can take the foothold and it now becomes a stronghold. That's right. You think if someone has your foot, like if they have their foot in the door, they're not in your house yet, Ooh, but but they yeah. got they got their foot in the door. That's right. There's a and crack. It, and if you don't push them back and slam that door, then they get in. And so what you're describing are footholds 
and willful sin is a big one. It's like God told Cain, sin is crouching at the door, at the door, it's desires for you, but you must master it. And he said that to a dude right before the first murder of the Bible, Cain uh, murdered his brother Abel. So you're right, willful, continual, unrepentant sin, that is a foothold that becomes a stronghold really quick. Yeah. I mean, I I love that picture of the foot in the door because that's really what this is. And if you don't shut that door, all of a sudden you're going to have this enemy camping in your house. You know, other ways we see it is fear. um, And that's fear of all sorts, right? It can start off like fear of darkness as a little kid. But if you don't deal with that fear, it can trail all the way through your life into your adulthood. And it just gets more um, invasive of your life. It just takes more and more territory because nothing about the demonic is satisfied with its current place of location in your life. It's not satisfied with the current amount of real estate you've given. The enemy always wants more. It's an, uh, the spirit, the demonic is always unsatisfied. And so if you give it some, oh, it's going to take everything it can and some. And so it doesn't stop at the foothold unless you stop it. Uh, Rejection. And this is kind of interesting. We're talking about footholds. Rejection can actually begin at the womb level if a parent has not wanted a child. And so some of, some people are literally go throughout their whole life and they never feel like they fit in. They always feel like the misfit and they've, they've always kind of known their parents weren't excited about them, but they don't understand there's actually possibly, I'm not saying this is true for every person, but consider the con- the concept that there's a spirit of rejection that's become a stronghold over your life because when you weren't wanted at the womb, the enemy man, he went after that. As soon as you were born, it's like he heard the conversation of your parents or he heard the conversation of your mother or he heard the conversation of the family that didn't want you. And that was spoken in the atmosphere over you. You know, part of that is my story is that uh, I was born out of wedlock and uh, at least initially my dad didn't want me. Later on he did, praise God. But that rejection did follow me. And it's funny because you were addressing the fact of that rejection and and what it did is it caused insecurity in my identity. Now I came up in a different era and it was never a battle of mine in terms of like a, a question over my sexual identity, but it was in terms of my value as a yeah. person. Could I contribute? Was I a person that could go to college and do well? Or could right. I, you know, make money and be able to provide for a family? Could I even have a family and all that kind of stuff? And I think that rejection is one of those things that you were talking about. It works a narrative in your head that people aren't rejecting you, but because you rejected yourself, Mm. because now it's a stronghold, is it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and you read into things like, no, they didn't reject you. They weren't feeling good. No, Mm -hmm. no, they didn't reject you. They had to go home and they couldn't come to your, meet you for, you know, the movie, the lunch or, or whatever that was going on. And you, you made a great point of how we deduct and deduce things, not because it's the logical conclusion, but because we have a stronghold of rejection on us. It's so true. I mean, we all know the person that, and maybe we are that person, right? Let's take some honest self-inventory that if you have that stronghold of rejection and it started out of the womb and you, maybe you you hear some of Sean's story and you're like, I relate to that. That feels like my story. I was born out of a wedlock. I never felt, felt like I was wanted or maybe it hit you on a value and a worth level. And so everything went through that lens, right? So anytime someone didn't handle you right, or maybe spoke harshly or, you know, wasn't kind to you or whatever. It's like, all it did was reinforce that message. And then you found yourself, even with people with good intentions, they, you would misinterpret that they want something from you. They're trying to take advantage of you. You can't trust them. Uh, they don't have your best interests in mind. And you kind of begin to expect the worst and you can't actually believe someone really cares about you authentically. Right. And you, and you live in a place of almost like walls up a little bit of like emotional isolation, because when you're living from that place of rejection, you can either go two ways. You can turn into a perfectionist and try to be so perfect to be 
so accepted, or you can often turn and do the opposite and really isolate and disconnect and never really want to be available for intimate relationship, right? So until those walls are torn down, it's going to be really hard to have healthy relationships. So keeping, you know, in the conversation continuing with footholds becoming strongholds in our life, uh, we also see this in a world that has really a lot of mixture. Uh, I want to talk about occult stuff, you know, occult practices. Um, If you've done, you know, tarot cards or Ouija boards, gone to psychics, um, gone to mediums, uh, dabbled in white magic or black magic, or even been uh, involved in hypnotism, been hypnotized or involved in new age beliefs or even practices, you know, burning sage and chanting and all that kind of stuff, transcendental meditation, whatever it may be, chakras and all this stuff. Crystals. That that is opening up a door to a demonic realm. And so you have to understand those are footholds that can become strongholds that need to be broken down in your life. Those are not no big deals. Those are very big deals that people have to understand there is there is darkness and there is light and you're opening up a door of darkness. I remember one time in campus ministry, I was ministering deliverance to a girl and that she said she's a witch, but she was in white magic. And she says, I use it for good. And so she was cool with it. And somehow she made it out to one of our meetings that we are having at the junior college. Anyway, she came back to another meeting and there was some anointing in the room and she hit the floor and full blown manifestation. And she got free of that to all of a sudden realize that that the spirit guide, small ass counterfeit spirit guide had misled her and kind of thought, I'm giving you power to do good. White witchcraft is okay. And it's funny, like it's so popular to do the chakras and the crystals and all the chants. She was doing all of that in white magic. And here she was on the ground. And so some of the stuff we're talking about, we literally have ministered deliverance over people and ran up against them being out of control and, and a demonic attachment on folks. So it's not just something we could outline in scripture, which that ought to be enough. But by experience, these things, we have seen it move from a foothold to a stronghold to a demonic attachment because that's yeah. where the enemy's all, like you said, the enemy's never satisfied. He's always wanting to take it to the next uh, place. And hypnotism, I've, I was reading a thing someplace, it's on the rise right now because yeah. a lot of people are trying to get out of anxiety, mm-hmm. trying to get back into a place of confidence. And so they're going to hypnotists, trying to deal with stuff that the truth be told the freedom we're going to go there early we're going to go there often the freedom's found in christ only truly jesus because in that realm the the devil is such a seductive liar that he'll all he'll do is help you replace bondages like Mm -hmm. he'll get you out of bondage to put another bondage on you at the end of the day is worse than the original bondages you went to the so-called cure to get rid of and so only in jesus is there going to be found freedom i love that you know and just a couple more footholds that i think could be helpful for our listeners is just understanding trauma. I mean, we all have experienced sudden death, accident, loss, or that betrayal of that close one. Again, you have to be really careful of how you navigate crisis because that is when you're the most vulnerable. I mean, Sean, we we know this in our lives, right? When mm-hmm. you walk through trauma, we have to recognize that's when the enemy wants to pounce is when people are most vulnerable in those traumatic situations. And you really have to guard about what you allow into your heart. But here's what I love. Jesus can handle your questions. He can handle your anger. He can handle your tears, your frustration, uh, you know, your shouts, whatever it may be. He can handle all that, but lean into Jesus. It's when you pull away from him and you look to other sources to be your anchor point. That's when the enemy really like piggybacks in those areas of trauma where we see footholds then becoming strongholds of people's life. And lastly, fornication. And that's really defiling sexual acts outside of the marriage. But we have to also remember inside the marriage, uh, we have to understand there's still a holiness and a sanctification that we got 
to walk inside the marriage bed. And so we have to understand if someone in the in a marriage feels defiled, you shouldn't be doing that in your marriage, right? You should only be doing things where both of you feel honored. It feels pleasing before the Lord. You feel clean before the Lord. It feels um, like, you know, honoring before the Lord. And, and then of course, outside the marriage, you shouldn't be participating in any, uh, uh, undefi- you know, defiling sexual behavior. And if you are, uh, whether it's inside the marriage or outside the marriage, again, that foothold uh, can easily be- become a stronghold. And that really ties back to the conversation about soul ties. I was just listening to someone talk about, they had this uh, lady that came to her church and this pastor, he just noticed her or whatever. And then later down the line, the woman's coming to his office. Uh, he says, you know, before she was attractive lady and everything, she comes into the office. He obviously, because it's a woman, he has a secretary uh, and another intercessor. So it's not alone with this gal, but he says that she ended up meeting this other uh, lady and the lady who seemed real nice and the lady, you know, she was swaggy. She wore good clothes and everything else. And long story short, begin to seduce this woman. The woman left the church, end up getting in bed with the woman and just committing, you know, indecent acts, a spirit of fornication, all of that. And then as the woman got up from one of their initial calls, la- yeah, yes, okay. she said, I'm a witch. Ooh. And this woman is in the office and she's been tormented. She sees things walk through walls. She's been hearing voices, wow. everything. And then praise God that day, that pastor, the intercessor, the ladies, all of them, they ministered deliverance over this woman. She Amen. got totally free Come on. back in church. But in the devil, a liar to yeah. bring someone to seduce her, you know, maybe for some, there could be some mother issues or something like that. Or maybe you, you, you know, you, you see a, a woman then you think, oh man, I admire her, whatever. She's a put together woman, whatever. And the woman seduced her. And it was, it was a demonic spirit of witchcraft. And I just think, man, a foothold became a stronghold and a praise God, this ends in a good way. But even the woman said it, it was so close to death, but Jesus intervened and, and just, uh, man made such a difference in her life. You know, Krista, why don't you give us kind of before we let any of these people go? Cause we've talked about some really heavy duty things yeah. as it relates to false belief systems, as it relates to soul ties and strongholds being the parent over it all. Well, obviously you went in great detail. So it's going to be hard yeah. on one podcast to do it, <laughs> yeah. but give them something, give us something that we could use if we find ourselves stuck in any of these areas. Yeah. You know, there's a really simple prayer model that I lead people through when I'm praying at the altars. And some of you listening today, you're like, Christy, you've prayed that with me. Absolutely. This is available to every single person, every believer, whether you want to see yourself get free or you want to pray with someone for their freedom. You guys, this is the model I use. It's super simple and it's all relying on Jesus, right? So the first thing you want to do is repent. You want to repent for any lie that you've agreed with. You want to either forgive anyone that's violated you, uh, hurt you, take advantage of you, right? So you want to repent or forgive and you might be repenting and forgiving, right? It could be both. So you want to repent for agreement with the lie and that brings you into right relationship with God, right? Anytime you're removing that lie, you're now like, okay, God, I'm in right standing with you. The next thing you want to do after repenting is renouncing and renouncing is where you're breaking all the legal rights and you're refusing to partner with or agree with sin and you're breaking off any attachments to sin, any attachments that the enemies put on you and you're canceling Satan's authority. I love this. One of my favorite parts. You're canceling Satan's authority and you're commanding it to leave in Jesus name. So I love that, right? We have to understand repenting is directed toward God and renouncing is directed toward the enemy. And so, so good. I love that, right? It's like you repent. You're like, God, forgive me. And enemy, now that I'm in right relationship with Jesus, you have no legal access and you're breaking 
faking that. Okay. And that's really important because with your own mouth is that's where I personally experienced a lot of freedom in my life is because when you declare it with your own mouth, there is power because you've just now broken any legal access you've previously given the enemy. You're like, nope, you can't harass me anymore. I just took that land back. Right. So I love that. And then lastly, you want to replace it. So now that you've removed something out of your life, you remove the lie. You want to replace where that once was with truth. And truth Mm. is what we find in God's word. So you want to say, okay, God, what do you say about this? Right. And it's that simple friends. The blood of Jesus is enough. As you break agreement and you call in the name of Jesus, you are going to experience freedom. Anytime a lie pops up, you just say, repent, renounce, replace, repent, renounce, replace. Okay. And then if you are with a friend and you hear a lie come out of their mouth, lead them through that process. Repent, renounce, replace. Friends, it is so simple, but you just enforce the freedom of Jesus Christ. What he did on the cross is enough to break every single stronghold. Thank you, 100 Tribe. These truths, these principles are something that Chris and I both have implemented in our lives. We've ministered over others and we've seen people get free. We trust and believe that these are going to be useful tools and in your tool belt and weapons against the enemy. Thanks so much for tuning into the Keep It 100 podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and refer us to your friends. And be sure to click that subscribe button so that you're alerted as soon as new episodes drop. Help us get the word out. Share this link on your social media platforms. And check us out at seanandchrisasmith.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Sean and Chris Smith Ministries. We would love to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted you. So be sure to show us some love. Make sure to join us for our next podcast. We're going to have a super exciting topic and mystery guests coming up. And also remember, relief may change your circumstance, but a revelation will change you. Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight and real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives. Keep it